And Merry Christmas. It's like one of the last days we get to say Merry Christmas. So recently we had a reading at Mass, and it was from the book of Numbers. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. This is the priestly blessing from the, like I said, the book of Numbers. And uh, reflecting on something that Pope Benedict XVI said, he said, this blessing was entrusted by God through Moses to Aaron and his sons, that is the priests of the people of Israel. It is a triple blessing filled with light, radiating the repetition of the name of God, the Lord, and the image of his face. The Lord bless you and keep you. I want you to receive this blessing again today, okay? The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Receiving the gift of God's peace. You know, it's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. As I've said so many times, it's one of the things that God wants us to have. We look upon his face to receive his peace. To be blessed, we have to stand in God's presence. We have to remain in the cone of the light that comes from his face. Pope Benedict went on to talk about the fact that when we talk about the word adoration, adoration, ad orate, to the face or ad aura. Anybody know what an oral surgeon is? A surgeon of the mouth and more generally a surgeon of the face. So ad means to or towards, aura, the mouth or more generally the face. So adoration is to look on the face of God. Now who were the first? I guess it would have been Mary and Joseph, right? And then the shepherds would come. And we don't know how much longer, but then it's the Magi. The Magi have been called to look on the face of Jesus in adoration. They've been on a long quest to be in the face, in the, in the cone of that radiance. Now, I hope and pray, and I mean this with all sincerity, I hope and pray that each one of us here in some way or another has experienced the grace of standing in the presence of God, have had his face shine upon us to experience God, even if we only experience God as the way and the truth and the life, even the quest for truth and knowing that there is truth, even the quest for the way that we should live our lives and knowing that there is a way we should live and a way we shouldn't live, that is the quest to look upon the face of God and God will reveal himself to us. You know, Jesus came to show us the Father. He came to fill us with the Holy Spirit. His life is the greatest story ever told. And it's a true story. It is a story that has stood up to the greatest scrutiny ever given. But it is a story told to seekers. And today we hear about these seekers, right? The wise men. They should be like our models, our heroes in a sense. 
they went on this quest of the way and the truth and the life. The Feast of the Epiphany. The Epiphany means a manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. The Epiphany more generally means a comprehension of reality by sudden realization. When something dawns on us, as I've said every year I've done the Epiphany here, aha! We come to a new realization of some truth or some beauty or some goodness and the way and the light. You know, as a child, as a little one, I think our lives are filled with epiphanies, right? When we learn something new, we learn something new, we learn something new. And then we get to a certain age and we think we know everything, right? I remember talking to a parent of a teenager and they said they saw this shirt or poster or something and it said move out now while you know everything you know and we do we we think we get to the point where we know everything and then you know i remember recently reflecting on this fact that how did i get this old and not know that you know how did i get this old and not have ever come to the realization of that and you know, the, I think the older we get, the more and more we realize there's so much we don't know. And that there's infinitely more that we don't know than what we do know. So we're all supposed to be on this quest, aren't we? We're all continuing to be seekers for those personal epiphanies, those coming to understand. I remember, and again, a story I've told you before, I remember in the seminary, sitting down one day just after having this incredible revelation really about the Mass and the Eucharist and what's happening at Mass and the representing the sacrifice of Christ and this like epiphany. And I wrote it down and I put it on my bulletin board and it said, don't forget what you didn't know. Don't forget what you didn't know. And, I, and, and so you know, I still don't know a lot, and you still don't know a lot, and we're still on our way. But recently, again, another experience I had just the other day is I'm reading a book for the second time. I don't read a lot of books for the second time, but I'm reading this book for the second time. And as I got to like chap, you know, page seven or eight, there was really something profound there. I was thinking, golly, I guess I learned that three years ago, but I forgot, right? So we learn and we forget and we learn again. And then it becomes part of our being, right? I want to talk to you today a little bit about a knowing that isn't like that. It's the knowing of faith. When you know, you know God, you know his kingdom, you know his love. Faith is a gift from God. It is the way and the truth and the life. But faith is also a human act. Faith is our response. Faith is our response to seeing the star and getting on our camel and going. Faith is our response to the grace that God pours upon us. Faith is born of grace and gift, but it is lived in love. And faith is what got the wise men moving and faith is what saves us from the death of sin. Faith is challenged, I know, day by day in the darkness of this world. Faith is a knowing, but it is also a quest to fully know. See, even when we have faith, there's a lot we still don't know, so we're continuing on our journey. Lord, increase our faith. 
when I was putting together my homily, I thought of this character that's been in many different plays and many different cultures, but most of us have heard of him as Faust. And Faust was a man who wanted to know, but what did he want to know? He just wanted to know worldly things and things for his own pleasure. So he sold his soul to the devil for knowledge. That's not the knowing we want, is it? We want the knowledge of faith. So today we have to be like the Magi. They didn't sell their souls, but they got their gold and their frankincense and their myrrh. And they set out on a quest of faith. We meet the Magi again, this epiphany. Or maybe we're meeting them for the first time because you forgot last year's epiphany. So we meet the wise men, the three kings, the Magi. And I remind you now that we live in Old Testament times and we live in New Testament times where the old and the new have come together. And we hear from the prophet Isaiah in the first reading today. The prophet Isaiah has a vision of Jerusalem in the future. And in the prophet Isaiah's vision of Jerusalem in the future, he says, the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of the nation shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you. Dromedaries of Midian and Ephah from Sheba shall come bearing gold and frankincense. But that prophecy, which we only read a little bit of in, the, in Isaiah, goes on and on to describe more and more and more gloriously the new Jerusalem. And we know that it's not the Jerusalem of today, it's the Jerusalem of eternity. It's the heavenly Jerusalem that will come down out of the sky at the end of time, right? And so we have this already and not yet because Christmas has come. Our King is here. The kingdom of God has been established, but we also know there is this darkness, don't we? But the prophecy has been fulfilled by the coming of Christ and the wise men bringing their gold and their frankincense. But that's not all they brought. What else did they bring? Gold and frankincense and the three gifts, gold for a king. Jesus is our king. Frankincense is incense. Frankincense, I was burning the incense around the altar today. Frankincense is incense. Incense for the priest. Jesus, our high priest and our king. So gold and frankincense. And I know you learned this last year. What about the myrrh? What's the myrrh for? The myrrh is for his death. See, this wasn't envisioned by Isaiah. The myrrh is for his burial. The myrrh is for that he is going to be a sacrifice for us. And so my brothers and sisters, we are, have our king. He has come and he receives the tribute of gold and he receives the tribute of incense, but he also receives the myrrh that points to the sacrifice that he is going to make for us. The eternal glory of the new Jerusalem is yet to come. And so we have to be like the Magi, don't we? Continuing to seek, continuing to knock. You know, God is seeking us. I think about the Magi and their star. They studied the stars, they studied the sky. They sought, they asked, and God answered them. 
They knew there was an order to the sky. They knew there was an order to the planets. They knew there was an order to what they would see. And then there was something different. Something different, something that stood out, something that called them. That star, I would say, is a symbol of God's grace. Because the gift of faith is God's initiative. The gift of faith begins with God. He gives it, but we have to respond to it. And so those wise men, they are, they are like our forerunners. They are like our heroes. They are like our role models. And we're supposed to get up and go and make our search and continue to search diligently for a greater and greater outpouring of the gift of faith. They traveled. They asked questions. Where is the newborn king of the Jews? They were humble. They saw his star and came to give him homage. And then they found him. And before him, they prostrated themselves. And they gave their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. I read one commentary that said these three kings could have been pagan priests. But they, get, they gave up their paganism. And they came before God. And they gave their pagan worship things, and they gave them to Jesus. And then what did they do? Adoration, right? Adore. They looked on the face of God. You know what we're called to do? Look on the face of God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his light on you, on your face, and give you peace. If you haven't had an epiphany, I beg of you, I ask you, I encourage you, seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Ask and you will receive. God will give us all the star that we need to find him. God will give us all that we need to have our own realization of his presence and his grace and look upon the light of his face.